Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Grace, and I'm an indie vet. I'm also home from work at 6 and already transformed into a princess. Mommy, put on your crown. That's because I've got complete control of my schedule, plenty of shifts that fit my life, and a team like no other. It's a whole new way to vet. Indie Vets. Before we get this episode started, I want to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And you know the best part of it is, Griff? I do, Will. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you head to the App Store or Google Play, download the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Griff. We have no will on this episode, a little solo episode. We're going to be covering week 18, the final week of the NFL regular season, Um, giving our locks of the week. I have Will's lock of the week as well with one game left. He's sitting at eight and eight. I'm at seven and nine. So I need a win. He needs to lose to force a little playoff between me and him. Um, so we're going to be covering week 18, our locks of the week, and then a little bit of Celtics talk at the end. So let's get right into it. All right, getting right into things here. We're going to get right through this lock of the week. Um, like I said in the intro, I am at seven and nine. Will is at eight and eight with one more game left in the season. So getting right into things, um, we're going to start with Wills because I want to talk about this game. The, the Chargers minus three over Las Vegas. This game is probably going to be the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. My guess is that's why Will took it. Obviously, we're big Chargers guys over here. A win puts them into the playoffs. Um, so could potentially a tie. But um, my guess is that the Chargers are going to go for the win here. Nobody goes for ties. Um, nobody really does that in the NFL and what better way to get a berth into the playoffs than beat a divisional rival in, in the Raiders. Now the Raiders have had a lot of things go wrong for them this year. Um, but Derek Carr is actually putting together a very good season, um, over four, 4,500 yards, 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Um, Josh Jacobs actually not doing that bad either. Um, not as good as his rookie year, not as good as we thought he was going to be coming out of Bama. But 740 yards over the year, eight touchdowns. Um, we're looking to see probably Josh Jacobs have a good game if the Raiders want to win. Um, on the Chargers side of the ball, they don't have a lot of people hurt. Um, we're going to want to see Eck. We're going to want to see Herbert. We're going to want to see Keenan Allen, that big three, put something together to go into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum. Now, I honestly think Will's, Will's pick is going to hit. Now, the Chargers are 8-8 eight and eight against the spread. And the Raiders are seven and nine against the spread, um, which is actually funny because that's me and Will's, um, me and Will's records. 
But yeah, I think the Chargers kind of had an upsetting season, in my opinion. Um, nine and seven, they're going to finish off positive no matter what. But if it's kind of like how we said last year, if you go eight and eight and you don't make the playoffs, it's like nothing happened. Like if you go nine and eight, it's like going eight and nine. It's the same thing if you don't make the playoffs. If you don't make the playoffs, you don't make the playoffs. So a win here would be big for them, especially after reading the Broncos, who I'm recording this on Saturday night, who just put up a good fight against the Chiefs. Um, that loss to the Texans really screwed the Chargers because they could be coming into this game potentially already locked into the playoffs, trying to fight for a better spot. But now they have a tough matchup against the Raiders. And I believe that's on Monday. Is it Monday night or Sunday night? Sunday night. Sunday night football. So that'll be definitely a great game. Moving over to mine, um, 49ers, plus three and a half, a little underdog against the Rams. Um, so the Rams sitting at 12 and four, the 49ers at nine and seven. The reason I like this game is I actually think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come out, um, even though he has an injured thumb. I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to have a good game if he plays. But if he doesn't play, then we're sticking with Trey Lance. The reason I took this game in the first place is, first off, I didn't like any other games. Um, and second, if Jimmy G comes out and plays, they're fighting for the playoffs. If they win, they're in. So I, my guess is that Jimmy G is going to come in, um, have a decent game. They have a good run game as always. Debo Samuel is going to hold it down. And I don't think Cooper Cup's going to get the 136 yards that he needs to break that record. And I think that's going to be a turning point in the game. I think they're going to try to shoot, uh, shut off Cooper Cup. And I think OBJ is going to have to take over if the Rams want to win this game. Um, I took the Rams last week, and um, they folded on me. They still won the game, but they didn't cover the spread. So that's, like, that's kind of the main reason I'm picking them, to be honest. But those are our locks of the week. Moving on, we have a couple more games that I want to cover. Um, I'm going to start things off with my team, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'll talk about it real quick. Um, we're taking on the Cardinals, sitting at 11-5. We're 6-10. and 10. Bad season. It was overall a bad season. Um, I think I'm going to get more into it. I don't know when. Maybe on Tuesday when the season's officially over after we beat the Cardinals. But Tyler Lockett over a thousand yards this year. That's okay, but only six touchdowns. Which, I mean, that's like C.D. Lamb numbers. But I I'm expecting Tyler Lockett to do a lot better than that over the year. Six touchdowns, a thousand and seventy-seven yards off of 68 receptions. 68 is one of the lowest leading receiver receptions among all teams. I think the only person below him is, is the Falcons. Their leading receiver was Kyle Pitts at 66. Overall, just a upsetting year, and I was very glad to see Russ saying he wants to win a championship, he wants to win it here. But, I mean, with, with the team that we have right now, that's just not possible. Our defense is awful. Our run game is awful. I think I think it really all starts with getting a new running back on, on that offensive side because we have the weapons to throw to, and obviously we need an offensive line, but that doesn't just come in a, in a day. But that second-round pick next year, in my opinion, should be used on a running back. See if we can shop Chris, shop Chris Carson for like a third or a fourth-round pick, get another pick. We'll take some offensive linemen, maybe take some D linemen, like – we just need to find different pieces that can actually come in and help us because the, the pieces that we've been taking in the draft haven't been doing that much. Now, we, we had a couple of good um, pieces from this past draft, and we had one or two in the draft before, but with no first-round pick this year again, 
um, that kind of screws us, especially for a team that's six and 10, we could be getting a top 10 pick. And that's not going to the Jets, giving them two top 10 picks where a team that like the Seahawks aren't bad. If we, if we have a full year of Russell Wilson, we are not going six and 10 like we are right now. So if we had our first round pick, like the year that you want your player, like obviously you don't want a quarterback to go down, but the year that your quarterback goes down, you'd want your first round pick. This is the first year that he's ever gone down. It's one of the only years that we haven't had a first round pick in the draft. Um, This one and last year are the two years in recent memory that I can even think that we didn't have a first round pick. Other than that, we just waste our first round picks. I mean, we took Jordan Brooks, um, a middle linebacker who's actually pretty good. I think he's second on our team in tackles behind Bobby Wagner. But at the same time, we already have Bobby Wagner. So why would we take a, a middle linebacker in kind of a system that goes out two outside linebackers, one middle? But I kind of like what we're doing with the defense. As long as we can get a, a, a pass rush, I would like to see us take a pass rusher in that draft. And then the year before that, we took Rashad Penny, who really hasn't panned out. He's been injured every other game. Um, every, every, like every other game that he plays, he gets injured, I mean, and then he'll be out for a few weeks. And, like, I once again don't know why we picked a running back in the first round because that was really the first or second year where Chris Carson was going off for us. Um, our, our picking in, in drafts just has not been good the past few years, and that's really what has led to the downfall of the Seahawks. Um, our defense is very depleted. We don't have a lot of solid ba- backups like a lot of other teams do. It's just we stink. Like, <laughs> we're just not a good team. But, yeah, the Cardinals are favored by five and a half. I actually could see the Seahawks winning this game, kind of like a little go into the offseason with momentum. Let's go get some picks. Um, let's go make some trades. Like, let's see what we can do in the offseason to build a better team about, around Russ. Let's try to get DK involved a lot more, a lot more next season. DK Metcalf, one of the most athletic players in the league, one of the, could be one of the best wide receivers in the league. We definitely did not use him enough, not nearly enough. So that's those are the things that I want to see coming into the offseason, into the next season. I'd like to see Russ throw a couple of touchdowns on Sunday, just end off the season. Um, so, yeah, moving on. Browns, Bengals, um, in a game with no Joe B. The Bengals already locked up the AFC North, could be fighting for a better spot. But with no Joe Burrow, that leads to the Browns. Um, Baker Mayfield, who has not been playing that well either. I think this is going to be an interesting game with no Joe Burrow um, and with a healthy Baker Mayfield. I feel like that kind of evens things out here for the Bengals. Um, Sitting at seven and nine are the Browns, 10 and six, the Bengals, like I said already, locking up the AFC North. Um, The Browns are actually favored, which should make sense, obviously. But at the same time, I still see the Bengals beating them. And with a year left, they picked up the uh, one-year option on um, on Baker. I feel like this game is going to be a very disappointing game again for Baker. Um, and I think that's going to go into the offseason. They're going to hear out for some trades. They're going to give him that one more year, though. I don't think they're actually going to move on this offseason. And they're going to give him a chance. Now, I think Baker um, was very solid last year. He had an all right year. Um, but other than that, like he's been disappointing and he's been in the league for longer than we realized. And he's been disappointing for a while. Now he's not the quarterback, the number one pick quarterback that he, or that everybody thought that he was going to be, which kind of sad because 
uh, personality like Baker, um, kind of like a fun, fun quarterback, like has a lot of energy, talks a lot of smack, all that. Um, it seems like he would be good for the league. Now, as a lot of people don't like him for those reasons, a lot of people do like him for that reason. Um, he adds a spice to the field when he's playing. He, he plays with a lot of emotion, a lot of passion. He's a fun guy to watch when he's on. The issue is he's just never on. So I think I think the the same case is gonna be shown here um, on Sunday, and the Bengals are gonna take care of the Browns. They're gonna get a bit of bit of a better spot, and they're gonna be a fun, young, exciting team in this year's playoffs. <coughs> Moving on, we have the Colts versus the Jags. Now the line is at fifteen and a half. The Jaguars get played to play football too. I actually like the Jaguars line at fifteen and a half. That's a lot of touchdowns to win by. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had the Bills minus like, or the Bills were playing someone. I had them like plus something. Let me see. I can pull it up. I had the, where is it? Bills, 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 Bills. Oh, I guess I can't find it. There was a game where like, I think it was the Texans against the Bills and they were like 24 point favorites and the Bills beat them by like 50. Um, but I don't think this will be the case. I think the Colts will win. I think Jonathan Taylor will have a good game. The sad part is he needs like over 250 yards to have a 2000 yard season, which definitely will not happen. Um, I want to see Trevor Lawrence kind of come out, maybe do anything because he's been very disappointing. If not like the Jags, the Jags had an awful season. Now they had, they had a lot of things go on there too, with urban Meyer kicking the kicker and, uh, ruining that whole coaching staff um i want to see the jaguars cover the spread because why not like the colts are going to go into the playoffs they're going to win i just want to see the jags cover the spread and then the final game that we are going to cover is going to be the patriots versus the dolphins now the pats 10 and 6 already locked up a playoff spot if they win they will be the five seed I believe. Um, and if the Dolphins win, they still have a possibility of getting in. But they would need a couple of teams to lose. Um, my, the, the best part about this week is that if the Steelers win, they could still be screwed by a tie between the Raiders and the Chargers. But I don't think that's the same case for the Dolphins. Um, actually, it might be. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. They need, they need the Steelers to lose. They need a couple of people to lose. Actually, they might have been eliminated now that I'm thinking about it because the Ravens play the Steelers and the Ravens are eight and eight right now, as well as the Dolphins and the Steelers are eight, seven and one. So I want to, I want to double check that. Let me see playoffs. Oh yeah. The Dolphins are eliminated, but we all know what happens in the last week. Dolphins, Pats. It's the only reason I wanted to bring it up. I like the Dolphins in this game. I was riding them the whole second half of the season. They did me very well until um, until the end, honestly. They really didn't disappoint me in the second half of the season. Um, they had a big win against the Saints a few weeks ago. Um, that helped me in the lock of the week. I almost took them this week, but um, I like I – like a little upset from the Dolphins here to finish off the season over 500 
um, go into the offseason with a little momentum. Tua's their guy, hopefully, because I like to see Tua. I like I like lefty quarterbacks. I want to see him succeed. The Dolphins are a fun team. There's a lot of fun teams, which is good. But yeah, so those are those are really the best games of Week 18. Um, on Tuesday, <coughs> we're gonna be giving out playoff predictions, all of that. We won't go into depth, or maybe we'll do it on Friday. We'll do it on Friday so we can go into depth um of the actual playoff picture because it will be uh set in stone by then obviously it will be set in stone after sunday night um so yeah moving on we have the boston celtics now obviously a podcast from massachusetts uh we probably should have been talking about them a little bit more the reason why we haven't been talking about them a little bit more two reasons football one it, it takes over everything football is overrules everything um second off they are so disappointing they are so disappointing it's not even funny um we were watching um the game on the 6th of january uh me and will were at a friend's house watching them play the knicks where they lost 108 105 to rj barrett's um three-pointer that was awful it was an awful game it was so upsetting we we're up 25 at one point evan fournier dropped 41 points on us um Alec Burks led the Knicks in rebounds and in assists. It was an embarrassing game. The Knicks have been very upsetting this year. They stink. The Knicks aren't good at all this year. Julius Randle disrespecting his own home crowd um, after a lot of boos and then a comeback. I mean, it's just embarrassing to be a Celtics fan right now. We're not good at all. We are currently sitting at, I believe, the 10th seed. No, we're at the 11th seed after losing to the Knicks. But a win tonight over the Knicks on Saturday night would um, put us right back into the play-in. We are not a play-in team. We, we're a roster of two, two all-stars, a solid big, and Marcus Smart, like a defensive player of the year candidate year in and year out. So how are we so bad? Now, I have one simple answer for you, and I don't think a lot of people are saying the same thing. My answer is Jason Tatum. Now, I don't think Jason Tatum shouldn't be on the team, but I think the role that he has taken on the team is not the role that he should be taking on the team. Jalen Brown's a lot better than we think. The problem is the ball is just in Jason Tatum's hands too much. Now, Jason Tatum, what he did, what he did the other night was get a lot of assists, which is exactly what he should be doing. He's a small forward that can move, and he's tall, and he's stocky. He has wide shoulders. So you would think he's about 6'9", 6'10". He's big. He's a lot bigger than we think, and he settles for jumpers way too much, way too much. It's, it, it's honestly not even right. When you're that big and you have people like R.J. Barrett, who's a decent defender, but he's three, three four inches smaller than you, and you have a lot of muscle on him as well, you, you could drive on him all day. If you're a superstar, you can drive on R.J. Barrett all day. Now, I'm not saying R.J. Barrett's a bad defender. R.J. Barrett's actually low-key a very, very, very good um, defender. But if you're Jason Tatum, you should be getting to the basket at will, no matter who is on you. The problem is he doesn't want to. He shoots threes way too much, which we're a bad three-point shooting team in the first place um, because we know Marcus Smart throws up about 10 a game and misses about eight. Um we have JB who can shoot. Um, Al Horford can stretch it out here and there. And Tatum, I'm not saying Tatum can't shoot. He can. He just does it too much. Tatum can get to the basket at will. 
We should be running more pick and rolls with him and Rob Will. We should be running more pick and rolls with Marcus Smart and Rob Will because that seems to work a lot. And Jalen Brown should be our primary ball handler. And the good thing is this is such a, a such a wing dominant game now that we can have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the same team and still be a very successful team. Um, and both of them are primary ball handlers. I don't think that matters. I think both of them can handle handle the ball an even amount, and we can be very successful. Now, I just saw Jason Tatum once again settle for a step back three over Obi Toppin. It doesn't make sense. You have the mismatch. You're you, you're two steps ahead of him if you want to take it. The the issue is he never does. He literally never does. And when he does, it, it it's an automatic two points. Now, I don't know how much Steph Curry changed Jason Tatum. Um, because I know Steph changed the game and it not in a bad way. I love Steph, I love threes. <coughs> Excuse me. But when you don't hit them, why are we still taking them when you know there's a better way? It just doesn't really add up to me. We have teams like the Bulls. A perfect example. They're 26 and 10. The Bulls' best players are Zach Levine, who can shoot, who can shoot. But then they have DeMar DeRozan, who's an all-star. And he just started shooting this year. DeMar DeRozan gets to the basket whenever he wants, as does Zach Levine. Now think about it. A shooting guard and a small forward that can both shoot and they can both drive whenever they want. Sounds familiar, right? Sounds exactly like the Boston Celtics, right? Um, You look at other players on the team, Lonzo Ball, a tall point guard who's very good at defense. Who else has a tall point guard who's very good at defense? The Celtics. Exactly. It it makes absolutely no sense why the Celtics are bad. Because if you look at this team on the Chicago Bulls, you can draw a lot of comparisons um, to the Celtics. You have a defensive point guard, two scoring wings that can really score virtually anywhere on the court, right? And then you have a big man. They have Jokic, or Vucevic, not Jokic, Vucevic, who is an all-star. That's where it kind of sets different. But at the same time, we have Rob Will. Like, Rob Will is very talented at what he does. And we also have Al Horfer who can stretch the, stretch the ball out as well. So it really doesn't make sense how the Chicago Bulls are 26-10 and 10, and the Celtics are not even in the play-in right now with how similar our rosters really are. Now, I don't know if you guys agree with me. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan is playing out of his mind, but that's because he's playing the way he should be. That's because the coaching there – is clearly a lot better than it is in Boston, the way that we just keep running running ISOs for Jason Tatum. And I love Jason Tatum, and I, I obviously have always loved the Celtics. We just don't know what we're doing. It's, it's very obvious that the coaching staff does not know what they are doing with our young stars. And we've been saying for years now, we have two young stars, we got to do something with them. We should not move either of them. And at some point, they're not going to be young anymore. And we need to figure it out soon because we can be winning right now. We don't have a championship roster, but we're pretty close to it. And we're, we're just not performing the way that we should be. I'm not expecting to exceed expectation. I'm, I'm just expecting to meet them at some point. And we haven't met them. We haven't met them in a couple of years since the bubble. Since, since we went to the Eastern Conference Finals, we should be in the Eastern Conference Finals team year in and year out. Year in and year out. And last year, we were in the play-in. 
how are we in the plan with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart? It makes no sense. And this year we have some bench scores like Schroeder. Um, Richardson has been playing very well as well. Um, and then even Grant Williams has been shooting the ball very well, adding a couple points off the bench. The bench isn't the problem in my opinion. Now we have, we have sometimes where our bench doesn't score a lot of points, but we're giving up a lot of points and we're not scoring a lot of points on offense. And that is because a lack of awareness of what we have and the lack of coaching, in my opinion. Now, Ime Odoka came out after after blowing another huge lead to the Knicks and said it was a lack of mental toughness. Now, I don't think the lack of mental toughness is just from the players. I think it's also from the coaching. I don't think Ime Odoka is doing a great job by any means. Our defense isn't good at all. And Boston, like, we've blown at four leads this year of at least 19 points you can't blame that all on the players and, and me ripping on Tatum is because everybody expects more from him we don't really know what Ime Udoka does he got such a high praise he's never been a head coach <coughs> in the NBA this is his first head coaching uh, gig he's never been a head coach and I don't know what kind of expectations we had for him because coming from the Popovich coaching tree a lot of people did have high expectations for him and, and through, through however many games we've played this season, I haven't really seen it. I haven't really seen a moment like I've seen with Brad Stevens in, in those years he was with us where Brad Stevens kind of had a coaching moment where it was like, this might be it. Obviously, it never was. We, haven't, we didn't want a championship with him, but we were solid with Brad Stevens. We just couldn't get over the hump. Now, I don't think it's a personality thing amongst the players. I don't, I don't think there's any issues like that. I really just think it comes down to coaching. I think it's very simple. If we give Tatum the ball and we tell him to drive, I think he'll do it. He has the muscle. He put on more, he's putting on weight every single offseason, as is every other NBA player, because that's, that's what has been proven to be better. The more, the more weight, the better. The more, not really the more weight, but the more muscle the better. And Tatum is putting on muscle and he's not using it. It makes no sense. Like why, why is he, why is he lifting all these weights in the off season just to shoot step back contested jumpers? And we've seen him go in, but you can't lie to me more times than not. They don't go in. Jason Tatum could easily be shooting 50% from the field. Easily, easily. It's just about the way that he plays. His style of play is not the style of play that matches his body and matches the way that could win us games. Now, Tatum averaging 25 a game, obviously that's very solid. I could see him averaging 30. I could see JB averaging 24. I could see him bumped up to 25, 26. It's very simple. Um, I really think that Jason Tatum needs to step up. And I think other pieces like Marcus Smart, um, and we talked about Marcus Smart a while ago. He was averaging eight last time we talked about him. He's kind of stepped up. He's at 11 and a half points. He's at four rebounds and he's at five and a half assists a game. That's solid. I'm very, very, very with the way that Marcus Smart has been playing. He's been playing good on offense. He's been playing great on defense. That's exactly what we need. Schroeder shooting 16 and a half a game. Um, 
that's very solid too. The the issue with Schroeder is he I feel like he has a tough time catching the basketball, which it was just kind of like weird to say about an NBA player. But the amount of times where he kind of makes a move and he either gets blocked um off like a little step back or like he tries to catch the ball and he just doesn't catch it smoothly. Like a lot of things, Dennis, Dennis Schroeder is a smooth player and that's kind of like the way he plays. That's his play, play style is being smooth. But when like one little wrong thing happens, it messes up like his flow and it wastes an offensive possession. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but that's kind of what I've seen from him. Um, Another player I've been very happy with, Josh Richardson, over 10 points a game. That's awesome. Rob Will averaging under 10 points a game, not awesome. Um, Rob Will actually a very, very, very underrated playmaker at the center position Robert Williams is. If we can find him even in the post, now I don't think he like makes post fades and post hooks like that, but Rob Will can pass the ball. If you guys have actually watched um, the games, Rob Will, I mean, averaging 1.7 assists at the center position, the way that he plays the ball, catching lobs, all that, he doesn't get the ball enough, in my opinion. Rob Will is a very talented player. He's not the tallest center, but he can jump. He's very good on defense. He's very good on offense. But we don't use him enough. And and that kind of comes into play with Jason Tatum as well um, as Jalen Brown and our point guards. I feel like Marcus Smart has a great connection. Um, with Rob Will, which makes sense. I think that connection between Smart and Rob Will makes a lot of sense. Um, they play very similar. They have a lot of energy when they're on the court. They like to move. They like to play defense, all of that. I love that little duo that they have going between the point guard and the center. Now it's just everything in between needs to get figured out. Once that gets figured out, we are going to be such a good team. And right now we're working our way back against the Knicks on a, on a Saturday night on NBA TV. And it's just kind of like exactly what, what I'm saying is what's happening on this comeback. JB is doing the pick and roll with Rob Will. We're finding, we're finding smart open. We're finding Schroeder open to make a move where we have Neesmith out there who plays great defense and can shoot the ball. He needs more minutes. Pritchard's out right now, but why not give him more minutes? I know we have Smart, we have Schroeder. Why not get a third point guard in the rotation? So by the time we're in the fourth quarter, especially against small teams, we have opportunities to have Schroeder, Smart at the two, JB at the three, Tatum at 6'10 at the four, and Rob Will at the five. In, in late game, when you need a bucket, four out of five of those can give you a bucket from anywhere on the court. And then Rob Wilk is an automatic bucket in the paint. It, it just, I just really think it comes down to coaching. I, I know I always rip the players. And the reason I rip the players is because of the coaching. I don't think they're being properly coached. I don't think we're playing basketball the way that the Celtics should be playing basketball. We're playing in an isolation type way where Brad Stevens didn't really have it like that until Jason Tatum really rose up to that star level that he's at right now. If we have a way of playing where we can even out um, <clears throat> Tatum and JB scoring or have um, Tatum average a couple of points more um, as well as a couple more assists than JB. Like, like I'm totally okay with Jason Tatum taking more shots. It's just the shot that he takes. The threes can kind of slow down and, and averaging 25 and a half points per game is very solid. 
but at the way that he's shooting it is not what's very solid. Um, we're shooting, where are we? We are shooting 42% at home. We're shooting, for, yeah, 42% in general. We could easily be shooting 50% with Tatum, 33 from three, and he takes a lot of them a game. Um, eight, eight and a half rebounds, that's solid. Four assists, that's solid as well. It's really just the sh- shooting splits that I want to see him do better at. Um, but anyways, that's that's really all I got um, with the Celtics. It, it's been an interesting um, first few months of the season. Um, I'm really upset with the way that they're being coached um, with the shot selection and, and really with everything that's going down there. I think we're a lot better than we're playing. I think we're a lot better than our record says. And I think it comes down to Ime and it comes down to that coaching staff kind of figuring it out. I'm going to give him a couple more weeks because obviously this is his first season, but I feel like it's kind of simple and and nobody's figured it out. Um, but anyways, um, if you guys agree or disagree, make sure to send a DM or add us on Twitter, Instagram, at inside the five pod, five, the number, um, or hop on our, hop on our website inside the five.net. And, um, you can you can always send us a message through there to talk seas to talk football to talk really anything hope you guys enjoyed a little solo episode just by me um and yeah we'll see you after the nfl regular season is over peace Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.